Welcome to the Warrior Mindset Podcast. We are your guide as you make your way through life, getting better 1% every day. We believe that life is lived and true victory won through adversity. Nothing easy is ever worth it. We believe in the warrior ethos and support those that choose to walk that path. Okay, let's dig into a couple of concepts today. Some things that I've written about recently, some things on my mind. Before we get going, I want to make sure to give a shout out to our sponsors, Tacticalories. Use the code Warrior Mindset. Go buy something. You won't be disappointed. I'm addicted to their seasonings. I'm addicted to their Hell Diver wing sauce. This stuff is great, y'all. Also, Strike Force Energy. Get yourself some energy drinks, um, energy drink mix. Use Warrior Mindset on checkout there too. Much appreciated. Okay, let's get into some concepts here. The first one is uh, from some Eastern thought, from some samurai wisdom, Zen Buddhist wisdom. Okay? Beginner's mind. I've come across recently myself um uh i teach karate and teach martial arts uh i do uh some kickboxing and jujitsu as well some instruction and um one of the things that's difficult um you know obviously it's difficult to work with a beginner in anything because you have to be patient and explain um you know details uh, but the other side is it's actually harder to work with someone who has deep experience in something um, similar, right? Because they have they come with a full cup, right? They come with a full brain. They come with their experience. And if you're similar but not the same, there's some work to do to... Uh, for them to work around those preconceptions and the things that they put in there. Um, you know, it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of ability to sort of shelf your ego for a minute um, in order to really learn if you have experience in something because you have experience in something, you begin to regard yourself as an expert to some degree. We all do, even in the back of our mind. So a good quote is the moment that you think you've made it is the moment you stop learning, right? We can never, we always have to be in a beginner's mind mindset so that we're always open to learning. Um, in Zen Buddhism, they have a word for this. It's called Shoshin. It means, literally means beginner's mind from my understanding. This is a state when we have a sense of openness and eagerness to take in new things, right? So removing any of the preconception, any of those notions that you already know something about the thing that you're you're trying to do or studying or whatever, right? I mean, even after getting to an advanced level. Um, you know, I try to practice this in my own martial arts. Uh, you know, just because I've been studying this for a long time doesn't mean that doesn't mean there are things that I can't learn. There's a lot of things that I can't learn. And, you know, even the black belt, let's talk about martial arts for a second. Even the black belt, achieving the black belt, 
seems like um, like the penultimate goal in any martial art, and it and it kind of can be. But when you you go from zero to that to that black belt, really, honestly, that that that's the first level. That is that the black belt is usually awarded because someone says that you have learned you have taken in the basics and now you may begin to truly uh, master those basics right so it's really the it's really the first step to a path of mastery it just says you are now on the path of mastery not that you've mastered anything and if you want to get that second degree that second level of that of that black belt uh, and typically they you know they have like one to ten usually that's how most most of these uh, more traditionalist related martial arts go. You, in, I mean, if you want to get to that final level, you, you really need to um, have moments where you can shelve that ego, where you can be in that beginner's mind and always be looking um, to learn something. In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In the expert's mind, there are but few. It's a great uh, quote by Suzuki, um, Zen Buddhist and I, I, I tend to try to go back to that, right? If you bring beginner's mindset to something, you have a higher chance of taking it in authentically, making it a part of you, right? The Greek philosopher Epictetus is quoted as saying, for it is impossible for anyone to begin to learn that which he thinks he already knows. And, and you know, the Greeks, they, they really poured over this concept of ego, you know, ego in all caps, um, and, uh, you know, for this dude, uh, he thinks that, you know, ego is usually what stands in the way of truly knowing something, truly, truly authentically making it you. Uh, this, this Shoshin beginner's mind is a core aspect to Zen Buddhism, to, Zen, to the Zen mindset. This, in, this involves accepting what is and not allowing you to judge things based on your emotions or having a a gut reaction to something. Um, they believe the, the true path to change is, to, is in accepting yourself and the world around you for what it is. Right? This is true in both Zen practice and Stoic practice if you've studied the Stoics like a lot of the Greek philosophers. Um, Marcus Aurelius, uh, you know, guys like that. Um, we should always strive to look in ourselves with a sense of openness and acceptance as opposed to, you know, judging judging others, judging the world, or uh, even down to, you know, negative self-talk. Um, it's, not, it's not accepting. This is a difficult dichotomy to wrap your head around, right? Um, one hand, you need to be happy with where you are, uh, and per, you know, personally in life. Uh, but on the other hand, you, you, don't, you can't judge yourself too harshly um, and, and make improvements at the same time. That, that's hard to do. The question then is, is removing judgment actually an act of improvement in itself? And that's, a good, um, that's a good Zen thought to think through. It's almost like a riddle. I'd say yes, um, because judgment, self-judgment, external judgment, really holds you back. It can hold you back externally and internally, right? It can hold you back from uh, accepting the world. It can hold you back from... Um, accepting others, um, dealing with reality, and it can also hold you back if, if it's pointed inward. Um, 
that bad judgment, the bad self-talk can, can obviously hold you back for obvious reasons. Um, and I'll, I'll read this, this story here, uh, which I thought was really cool. Uh, this is a the Zen, Zen fable. I think fable is a good word. Um, once a long time ago, there was a wise Zen master. People from far and near would seek his counsel and ask him for his wisdom. Many would come and ask him to teach them for enlightenment, show them the way of Zen. And he never turned anyone away. One day, a very important man, this man was used to commanding others and having obedience from others. Some might say he was a politician. <laughs> he came to visit the master. He said, I have come today to ask you to teach me about Zen. I need you to open my mind, enlighten me. And the tone he used was that of a man used to getting his way. And the Zen master smiled. And he said, we should discuss this over a nice cup of tea. And so the Zen master's assistant brought the tea. And when it was served, the master poured his cup. And then he poured the cup for the man visiting him, his visitor. He poured, and he poured, and he poured, and he kept pouring. And the tea rose to the top of the cup and then spilled over the cup. And finally down on the table, and it spilled over the side onto the, man, onto the visitor's clothes on his pants. And finally, he, he said, that's, that's enough. You're spilling the tea everywhere. You got it on me. Can't you see that it's full? And the Zen master, he stopped pouring, and he looked at his guest, and he said, your mind is like this cup. It's so full that I can't add any more. Come back when your cup is empty, and I shall help you with the ways of Zen. That's a good insight, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, the, think about that when you're when you're seeking counsel, or you know, you're asking your friend for their opinion. Um, you know, go into it uh, objectively, you know, really think about why you're there and can you empty your cup to really accept something new? It doesn't mean that what someone brings to you needs to be done. Doesn't If you ask someone's opinion or ask someone's advice, it doesn't mean you have to, you don't have to do it, but show the respect and listen and, and see if there's a lesson you can learn. Even if the lesson is no, that's not a good idea. You can file that away. As not something to do. Okay, shifting gears. Um, let's talk a little bit about a little bit about control. Okay, these are two topics: this, this, uh, you know, beginner's mind, and then uh, this concept of control. And I think they're related, which is why I'm bringing them together here. But um, go without knowing. So, do you always have to know the plan so that, you know, you, you, you feel comfortable? Do you have to think through what's going to happen before you go do anything? Do you always strategize <laughs> and think through things a lot, right? How much carryover do you think that has into the rest of your, the rest of your world? So, you know, a lot of people are planners, um, strategizers. 
project managers and stuff like that. And, and planning is good in general, right? Planning is, is good. You, you definitely need a plan for your life. You know, you need to plan for your job. Like what are you going to do today? Um, generally speaking, it's a good idea. It's a good habit. I mean, it's a good, I don't want to say habit. It's a good, it's a good skill, but planning excessively, you know, uh, letting it feed a need that then boils over into your need for control. That's it's tiring, right? It can limit you in the sense of being adaptable to change. Um, it can help you. I mean, it can lead to uh, you being disappointed in the outcome of something, right? If you expect something because you've thought it through and planned it, and then it doesn't quite go that way, you're not happy. You know, things things aren't going to live up to your expectations. Can stunt creativity. Can give you um, scattered mental feeling. Give you lack of trust. And all that can kind of build anxiety, right? I know a lot of people that fight with anxiety are, are kind of planners or more specifically over planners. When it comes to athletics, um, being an athlete, that, that can really limit performance because an athlete really needs to um, stay in the moment. So a a good way to sort of practice some of this um, is to go without knowing like try it try to go do something try to engage with friends or something without um, without really knowing what's going to happen or expecting the outcome so control you know think about it do you seek feelings of safety through your need to plan do you need to feel something that's related to controlling things. Think about it. You know, if, if you Google terms like plan or business plan, um, you, you know, everything, everything's going to be positive, right? It's going to lead you to this direction of, uh, you know, yes, you must do this, you know, um, that it's needed. And it, it is to a degree, and that's my understanding too, that having a good plan or business plan or plan of attack, um, you know, Navy SEALs uh, plan, they practice, they rehearse. You know, I, I you can see it in um, Zero Dark Thirty a little bit. Um, I think there are some deleted scenes, but that's a decent movie. Like towards the end, whenever they're going to um, the SEALs raid um, Osama bin Laden's compound, I think... Uh, Oddly enough, it was like Area 51, but they they built a replica of of uh, Bin Laden's house, and then they rehearsed over and over and over entry and and exfil out of that that building and how they would do it as a team and who would do what and what order they'd go in. And now it's great to have that plan, and they're special because. Um, if you read the story, things actually went wrong. One of the helicopters crashed, and they had to had to shift gears. And, and in that case, that rehearsal and that planning enabled them to be able to uh, adjust and change. Because uh, from what I understand, when, when SEAL teams train, they also train to 
be able to adapt, right? So they, they work that in. They, they rehearse, but they also know things are not going to go the way they plan. So they go into that with that knowledge. Okay. Um, this, is a, this is a cool article uh, by uh, Dr. Michael Bratman. Um, I don't know that he's famous or anything, but I just like what he had to say. And um, he, has a, he has a whole study he's done, but he starts with this quote um, that, of him. People's ability to make rational plans is essential to their sense of personal freedom and autonomy. And that is an interesting psychological uh, aspect is that a lot of times we are planning so that we feel in control, right? So that we feel, we make a plan so that we feel free. And if we uh, relate that to the Navy SEAL example I just gave you, the fact that they planned to rehearse enabled them and built in the freedom to be able to sort of ad lib when things went wrong. And they always had a good base. And so in that essence, planning is not bad as long as you're aware that shit's going to go sideways, things might change and you be accepting of it and use that as a base for your, you know, for that freedom and autonomy to do those things, right? To be accepting of it. Now, the problem is whenever you make that plan and the things don't go according to plan and you get bent out of shape and depressed because your plan is being ignored, what does that sound like to you? That's your ego getting in the way, right? It's ego. As important as it is to have a plan, we still need to be careful to not let the act of the planning control us. Right? I mean, what happens if it doesn't work? What happens when life doesn't go the way you think? Are you going to fall apart? Are you going to fail to act? Are you going to stand there frozen? Just thinking about, well, this isn't right? Or are you going to act and change and, and do something? Can you relate to any of these statements? You don't like last-minute plans. You don't like surprises. You can't go with the flow. You, you make to-do lists before you do anything important. Like, you have to do that. When you get sick, you feel like you're wasting your time. You don't enjoy indecisive people in your life. You don't like wasting time. You think of yourself as a control freak or someone has called you a control freak. You need to check what the details of the plans are before you go hang out with your friends. You do any of those things? Those are all roadblocks, and you need to identify those things, maybe, and then try to think of ways that you can practice continuing to plan yet breaking that cycle. Control, like I'm, like I'm saying, control uh, and planning. Often, you, you're going to misunderstand that for feelings of safety. Okay. Uh, it doesn't mean you're safe. You know, it's the world, right? You're not safe. But more often than not, in my experience, that mistaken um, feeling of safety in control and planning stems from lack of trust in others or, you know, in the world. Um, so we plan all the things we can we control things to keep ourselves feeling safe. That is the uh, vortex that we get ourselves in. Being focused on that internal drive to manipulate the world or others' opinions or to just feel prepared for what is about to happen keeps you in your own head. That's a fatal flaw in my opinion. The more you stay in your own head thinking about things that need to happen 
or could possibly happen or might happen or what someone might think or what they might write or what they, how they might interpret what you wrote. It keeps us in that circle of seeking the very same comfort that we need to have a, around us to entertain the same thoughts. Right? Think about that. Only when things are stable, at least in your mind, are you able to plan for when things are not going the way you want them to. That makes you less capable of handling things when stuff goes sideways. Or, in the most mild form, it results in anxiety. Right? That's what I've seen. The only true condition of humanity is unknown. Is the unknown. Life is not going to go the way you think it is. Shit's going to go sideways. So that's why I'm even talking about this. We need to work on letting go of the control you think you need, you feel you need, just a little bit. In your subconscious mind, we're going to come back to this, your subconscious mind, your ego tries to protect you. That's how it works. It starts telling you things have to be done my way, right? Do you ever have the thought like, this is not going to get done right unless I do it myself. If you want it done right the first time, do it yourself, right? Have you ever said those words? That's, that's poisonous to personal growth. That's poisonous to real leadership. That's, that's poisonous to growing a business that can, that can build you wealth or actually grow beyond you. That's actually your subconscious mind pushing you to find comfort. That, you know, that good feeling that we're in control of things because we're better than other people. I can do it better. I mean, how many businesses are started because the person who started it just thinks they can do it better than the other person? Right? That's not a business plan. You might think it is, but it's not. We have the inherent strength and power to accomplish what needs to get done. And we don't really have the time right now to wait on someone else to get up to speed and do it on their own. Listen, you're not that strong. You can't do everything. And at some point, to really succeed, to really succeed at scale, to really, we're talking business, make money, grow wealth. If you're talking friends, have a lot of friends. Whatever you want. You have to trust others to do what they're capable of without you intervening, without you planning. They don't need your input. They don't need your plan. Which, you know, brings me to social media, right? You see this a lot. Where the, you know, this type, uh, the constant need to be right, in your viewpoints, in your opinions. It's from the same place. It's from the same place you need to need to plan. Because you need to be right. You need to control. So whatever you believe, everyone else should believe. It's actually your search for comfort. Because if everyone's like you, then you're cool. You think that sharing our viewpoint or giving our opinion on something is showing off our own level of personal growth. We get to be right more than the other person or stronger in agreeing with the direction. 
that whatever online discussion is going in. When in reality, the work we need to engage in that's required for real personal growth, it's scary. It's giving up that control. It's, it's doing the thing that's unknown. <laughs> it's accepting other people's viewpoints that might not be like yours. Anything truly creative and groundbreaking, anything real or that's connecting to other people is unknown because we don't know what we need to do to achieve it before we start down the path of its completion. That is literally the path that you have to take. The object is the way, right? The unknown path is the direction you need to go in to really grow. Not the comfortable one. The unknown path and the process of walking that path is where we get the respect and admiration of others that we need to feel fulfilled in the first place, which is ultimately where we find that very same comfort we were seeking in the first place. That's the conundrum. That's all I've got. Two, I think, pretty deep concepts to think about, dig into, see where you stand. Um, love to hear what you think. I appreciate your time for listening and, uh, Hope I've helped uh, move the ball down the field for you. <laughs> um, all right. So, see you next time.